the U.S. mental health system requires significant improvement. The system leaves many people and families facing challenges accessing resources and receiving treatment. Meanwhile, the rate of mental health disorder and suicide has significantly increased among Black and African American communities, leading to significant racial disparities for Black families across the country. In this episode of Badly Governed, our guest speaker, Cole Voyard, discussed with us the occurrence of suicide among Black youths and what needs to be done. Cole Voyard is a veteran psychiatric master prepared nurse. He has been working in mostly all capacities for over 30 years to ensure that patient-centered care remains at the forefront of all nursing thinking. Nursing process while meeting, planning, and caring for all our vulnerable population struggling with mental illness. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Angie. Well, thank you. Just in February 2023, the CDC reports a disturbing trend among black children between the ages of 18, uh, 10 and 24 years. The data shows that from 2018 to 2021, the rate of suicide among black children increased by 37%. The same data shows a decrease among white children in the same age group. However, it is not understood why this phenomenon is occurring to this specific population. In your opinion, why do you think black youths are dying at an alarming rate through suicide? I would say loneliness, hopelessness, lack of support, shame, ignorance, adverse uh, childhood experiences, racial discrimination, PTSD from the death of uh, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, and other young black individuals, and the psychological barriers, mm -hmm. the stigma related to mental health treatment. Right. So, it, um, go ahead, please. I think with all of that, it, it, it's been extremely, and in addition to COVID and all these, uh, on top of that, it, I think COVID didn't help that situ the, the situation because the isolation and on top of it make things a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. Do you think perhaps during the pandemic, um, the fact that a lot of black youths experience loss, a sense of loss, not just the isolation, but a lot of them, their parents were actually um, front um, desk workers or taxi drivers or Uber drivers, uh, service delivery um, 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 type work that they were doing. And therefore, they sort of had to go out even in the middle of the pandemic um, while it was at its highest, and a lot of them sort of endured um, lost in their family, whether it was a parent or a grandparent or a brother or sister. You think this sort of all kind of um, added to some of the pre-existing conditions that were causing black people stress, black, black kids stress already? Like I said, it, it, it's been so complex that it's hard to really... Um, pan out exactly what happened and you also have the phenomenon where a lot of people had those parents always at work doing a lot of things so now the parents had to stay home and they're like okay who are you they 
they both had to uh, truly trying to understand each other or learning each other mm -hmm. and uh, learning to know who my son or who my daughter was truly um, that person who's been living in that house for so long with certain identification that perhaps they never know mm -hmm. certain personalities certain social anxiety certain certain behavior none of that uh, or all of that had to be exposed mm. uh, because of the COVID situation as the parents had to stay home most of them during the pandemic mm -hmm. that that's a good point so what do you think um, within the same vein the role that technology sort of had to play um, during the pandemic where children went from a classroom setting and now they're being taught through this device or technology um, um, at home. Um, and the parents sort of had to have some sort of more involvement, I should really say, they've always had involvement in their, their school schooling, their kids' schooling, but um, there's more involvement to set up this technology and help it being available to ha help assist them with this technology. Now, do you think having to add that technology um, to these kids, even though a lot of them are very savvy, technology savvy, but do you think that added to the level of stress um, that, for instance, they were already experiencing with school? Certainly, yes, because at least they don't have school provide mentor, tutor, um, uh, so much support that most of even the immigrant parents, the uh, folks who don't have that, uh, a lot of black kids don't have that, um, those type of parents with the knowledge, the, um, the education that mm -hmm. they could help them. I think that create, I'm sure uh, that create a lot of stress and, and, and uh, added stresses to their time mm -hmm. during the uh, pandemic. I think the, the pandemic overall was mm -hmm. never a, a joy for anyone and, and, and of course uh, could contribute to uh, added stresses and anxieties to, to some of, most of these uh, children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. So also the, the, the Lancet um, published an article last year, like last August, actually, and they hinted um, that a few clues to us. Um, and they said that the, um, the reason for such an increase in suicide actually um, were multifunctional, uh, multifactorial, uh, I'm so sorry, multifactorial, including mental health issues and disruption to the social uh, um, relationships that the kids used to have. Um, and the CDC data actually shows a decrease um, in the white populations in that same age group. Um, so they went through the same experience with COVID, right? Um, can you help explain that? What would you think um, attributed to such a discrepancy between two different races in the same age group? I would say kudos to the white community. I think uh, um, 
as you can see with the uh, social media, a lot of uh, good things have happening lately where uh, many uh, shows have exposed the mental health and, 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 and really present the mental health as something that normal, something that most of uh, folks with uh, in the uh, white community or people with some uh, what we would call uh, money would use as something relaxing, as something helpful, as something uh, productive. So I think that helps the media and all of that to help uh, the folks in the white community to accept mental health as something positive. So we hope uh, that we could at least, uh, that would um, start uh, becoming a trend in, mm -hmm. in, in, the, um, in the other culture where we could see it as something positive, we could use it as something positive because it is, a, some, it is something uh, helpful that people need to use uh, instead of seeing it as something negative um, in the, as the stigma presented it. Mm -hmm. So you think the attitude and the beliefs of white people kind of help in that sense? Definitely. Right. Definitely. Okay. So um, how do you think um, we as public health advocates um, can sort of help narrow that gap and improve the attitude and some of the beliefs that the black community has um, as it relates to mental health? Um, I think, first of all, we have to look at the stigma behind it. The stigma can include the reluctance to, to seek help and uh, or treatment, the lack of understanding by family, friends, and co-workers and others, the uh, fewer opportunities for work, school, or social activities, or trouble. Uh, finding housing, the bullying in the school, mm -hmm. um, so physical violence or harassment, f uh, health insurance that uh, doesn't adequately cover your mental health treatment that needs to really uh, improve greatly, the belief that uh, you'll never succeed at certain challenges mm -hmm. or that you can improve your situation once you have mental health, those gotta go. Mm -hmm. So I think to help, we really need to um, take steps to cope with those stigma, which is get treatment, um, don't let the stigma create the self-doubt and mm -hmm. shame that uh, it brought to uh, most of us. Don't isolate yourself. Uh, those are the signs and symptoms that family, friends, uh, people need to start uh, looking at when you have uh, kids at home, don't equate uh, yourself with that illness. Illness like any illness, mm -hmm. mental health or diabetes or anything, you, it, it's an illness, You'll treat it, you treat it as an illness, but you cannot say, I am, I am a, you cannot equate yourself to it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, because at the end of the day, you will take care of your of that illness 
and you will move on. So mm -hmm. you should not really equate yourself to the, to the illness. Then I would always say to join uh, yourself and your family, to join support groups so mm -hmm. that you can understand better how to treat yourself and treat uh, the illness, and then get help at school. Um, there's always support around, uh, but be vocal. Let them understand what you're going through so they can be more supportive to you. Speak out against the stigma. That's the only way you can really be above it versus mm -hmm. suffer from it. Right. I think that's a very good point. But I, I also think that there needs to be some significant social uh, uh, changes that occurs at various levels, uh, not just the individual, but also community and uh, system level in order for stigma to stop be, start being addressed and start to disappear. So for just prior to um, Governor Baker leaving office, he did pass a mental health law, which requires that just like a physical exam, annually every single individual as part of the standard of care gets a mental health exam. I think that's going to actually start addressing this stigma issue that you, you bring up. But do you think this law, um, and it's okay if you don't have an opinion about it, but do you think this law sort of uh, went far enough in terms of a way of addressing this mental health issue, um, especially when it comes to youth mental health who feel isolated, um, alone, the, um, the, a lot of them are suffering from PTSD and depression. So do you think just a screening is enough or are there other components that this law could have incorporated in it uh, in order to provide youths more support? No, I don't believe this is enough. Why I'm saying that is because if you do have a law, but you don't have the infrastructure with the law, it really doesn't help. Mm -hmm. And I'm uh, going to explain why. You have the law, but you have the myself here in uh, the Commonwealth that pays less than all the private entity. Mm -hmm. how, that does, how that help folks like the black community who un, who really most of their parents are they don't have enough income so they of course they're gonna have to have myself mm -hmm. then myself doesn't pay the the provider mm -hmm. equally as blue cross blue shell equally as harvard pilgrim so no provider wants to deal with myself therefore you can have all type of problem. You can want any type of mental health screening, but you won't get it because right. you don't have any provider in your system who has, who wants to deal with your mental health issues. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally see it. But are providers actually um, accepting mass health at all? Most of the providers don't, and that's the crisis that we mm -hmm. have. We have a lot of providers who refuse to do to deal with myself because mass health mm -hmm. is not paying well. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I think the issue has to be equally dealt with the fact that if you have a law, you have also to get the um, insurance, the public mm -hmm. insurance to pay equally like the um, private insurance so people can get the treatment that they need anytime they want it and anywhere they want it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Christine Crawford actually um, does share the same sentiments as you do. She thinks that uh, stigma um, plays a big role in it and also um, the lack of providers and access to care um, whereby it's sort of impeding um, families from getting um, diagnosed and um, even receiving adequate care. Of course. And this is compounded by even provider biases, right? So um, she basically was talking to uh, a, a reporter at um, ABC News, um, and she brought another point to the conversation is why the general public doesn't seem to be aware of this gross inequity in the black community. You know, so the question that I have is, why do you think um, it has taken so long for this issue to surface? It only surfaced um, um, just this year by the CDC in February of this year. Yes, there's been a lot of evidence in the literature of other research work that signaled this, but why do you think that it's only taking this year for the CDC to really take a position on this and alert the general public that this is a real issue that's going to be very complex and that's going to take a lot of resources and a long time to fix? And why has it been so slow for people actually to see the urgency of it? Can you speak to that? It, it's sad. It, 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 to me, it's like it's a, a crisis that brings death that should be much more an alert mm -hmm. uh, to family because we should not be looking at death and, 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 and not paying attention to it. It's really sad. Uh, we are so behind as being the number one nation uh, and this is unfortunate, and, and it doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it remains a fact that our society is fighting with themselves, struggling uh, to acknowledge and accept uh, um, co the color as a factor, especially in 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, they are making decisions and policy that are not favorable to the black community, which is completely to me absurd, um, but like uh, the doctor is pointing it, even on a general practice, mm -hmm. uh, I do work sometimes in the, in the emergency room, you see many, many people come in on a regular basis, come in with suicidal uh, 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 thoughts because They've been waiting for six months for a mental health appointment. What is that? <laughs> this mm -hmm. is you're talking about. This is we're not living in in a rural area here. This is Massachusetts. This is what one of the richest uh, state in United States, and we have people waiting for six months, nine months, a year to get a mental health appointment. This is ridiculous. Not to mention some of the best hospitals in the country. I'm telling you, this yeah. is absolutely yeah. absurd to me and. Really, this needs to be looked at, and this, need, this needs to be this needs to change. So, what do you think now needs to occur, especially with the urgency of this black, uh, the black youth killing themselves? Um, what could we do now, um, whether it is each individual or a community uh, leader or com a religious leader? What can we do? What are what is our capacity? 
um, in terms of addressing this issue while we wait for uh, more permanent solutions from policymakers um, and the scientific community, etc. Definitely, this is the work of everyone. We mm -hmm. all need to be uh, aware of this of this crisis. We all need to put our hands in in this um, game to to try to bring mm -hmm. a solution to it. Whether or not you're part of a church, mm -hmm. you need to be uh, in your full alertness to make sure that the kids that's next to you, around you, that you pay attention to how they behave and how they're doing and their affect, how they, how they look and what, how they talk to you and uh, how they're presenting on a regular basis. So you can question when, when you don't see them, when mm -hmm. they stay at home and they're not coming to church and say, what's going on with them? When you're at home, you have your kids and they refuse to get out of bed. You want to know why, why is that happening? Is mm -hmm. that, are they sick or what, what, what is the problem? When you, uh, as a police officer, you need to spend time with your community, learn to know your community, mm -hmm. because that, mm -hmm. that, that's supposed to be the job of most of, uh, police officers. Uh, everyone needs to go to the basis, knowing to learn, learning what your position as a nurse when i'm on duty i'm smiling i'm friendly i'm trying to and as i'm friendly going around i'm assessing and monitoring everyone and i'm watching everyone and i'm paying attention to everyone that comes to me and i'm welcoming everyone and i'm making those as a clinical assessment on the every second by second. So everyone needs to do their part of this game. When you're a professor, you're a teacher, you're a professor, le learn, to, learn to know your, your student. Mm -hmm. And if the student has a problem, go on the side, find out what the problem is, how co you could be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you'd be surprised the student in the school may be troubling by bullying, troubling by issues at home that could be you could be of a support but if you don't do your job unfortunately you won't be able to be helpful if you close yourself and not opening yourself to be uh, uh, the person that can be helpful to that person that person won't tell you anything and you will miss out on on things so we need as a society to wake up from that uh, uh, busy body thing and, 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 and be open to be willing to bring support and help to each other and be helpful to each other and right. stop, I don't know, uh, being so negative and, 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 and trying to value the moment that you spend to, with each other and um, be supportive and helpful as much as you can to each other. Right, thank you. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about provider bias, um, which is a big um, problem currently um, within the context of black youth, youths because they don't receive the same quality of care as everybody else. I myself, I can admit uh, to having experienced this, experienced this at the, in, the, uh, um, in the healthcare system where I was not um, receiving the best care as a diabetic patient to the point that I needed to speak for myself um, and have it addressed. Now, children don't have that kind of power, right? So how do they get um, 
allyship or support from um, hospital um, leadership um, when they feel that the actual provider is making them feel uncomfortable or not really providing them the best care? How would they even recognize if they are be being given the best care? It's really tough to say. Um, I, I often look at sometimes when you work around in, uh, as a black person, mm -hmm. you go on to start your, your work and you look at around, you see yourself as the only black person. Mm -hmm. um, again, in 2023, you wonder why is that, but it's, it's hard to tell. And I, and I don't know. I don't know how this is possible, and I don't know how this is allowed. I would strongly encourage um, the industry to understand that the diversity is a reality. It's happening when you go to your emergency room. Uh, waiting list, you don't see just white people. When you look at all your data, you don't have just white people coming to your hospital. So at, at the end of the day, you need to know because you're serving a diverse clientele, you got to have a diverse also um, worker. They that got to have to have somewhat cultural humility. You know, that's right. Yeah. And increase that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the things, and for, unfortunately, I think I remember one of the example. Uh, oh, many time you, you when you hear, when the people are reading patient coming to the hospital and they see African American with a history of whatever, and then everybody's hair is pumping up and everybody's like ready to put soldiers, soldiers and security all over the place because a black man is coming or. Uh, unfortunately, but at the end of the day, the person that they think that's gonna come as a as a as a terror can be a teddy bear. Mm -hmm. The person may be the most gentle person, but why do people think that way? I don't know. Why do people uh, are so far behind in their thinking and in judging people so? radical, so weird like this, it's just so, it's impossible for me to, to, mm -hmm. to, to, to get it and I'm not sure why they, they, they can't get it, especially after you had a, a black president, after so many changes have, have been made in this country, we are in 2023, you would think mm -hmm. uh, uh, people would be more accepting accepting to dealing with so, so many different culture, including the, the black community. But mm -hmm. to me, it's just really uh, a lot of questions in my mind when I see those things happening. But they are happening, and um, we do our best. I do my best even as a director in a psychiatric hospital. Sometimes I go to the, to, to, to the floor and welcome my uh, uh, African-American patient and make them feel comfortable because I feel that it's okay to do that and, and that make, feel, make them feel uh, welcome as well but, um, but I'm not sure why 
other people don't do it. Mm -hmm. Do you think there should be some sort of a talk uh, uh, toolkit, um, like uh, a social determinant tool? <laughs> <laughs> well, which would incorporate with some sort of a checklist, for example, that um, youths could have, especially when they are seeking for help or undergoing treatment, mental health treatment, um, like a checklist that they could check after each visit in, and, and, and sort of keep a record of what happened at that visit. How did things go? How did they feel? Um, so that there's some sort of data, at least at the individual level, parents can collect um, and sort of help, the, it will sort of help them identify whether or not there is a systemic problem, you know, with the treatment that their child is receiving. I, I kind of feel like as a child who's receiving um, um, mental health treatment, I'm not exactly sure if they would even um, have uh, the know-how on how to understand when they're being treated differently. Of course, that depends the on their age, right? But so. the f let me tell you something. The problem is not even... The problem is not even... I don't know if the problem is the system versus the problem being the individual caring mm -hmm. for those kids. And I'm going to give you an example. Over the past weekend, I've worked with uh, uh, an individual person. He does have mental health with also some uh, development, de developmental issues. But no one read the developmental issue, mm -hmm. right? The developmental issue that he had made him had a lot of staring at you, a lot of, um, uh, how do you call that? It's almost like a child mm -hmm. because that's what developmental uh, issues are. They, they regress, right? Mm -hmm. So he wants to be your friend. He wants to talk to you and he wants to have a conversation with you 24-7. However, because no one paid attention to that, they, they, felt and they felt scared about him, that's number one. They saw him as threatening. Mm -hmm. they, they gave him a Vicengo uh, adjective in the book, and that was a Latino kid, mm -hmm. a dark-skinned Latino kid. So, they, so I kept reminding folks, hello, this kid had some developmental issues. So each time I said that, that, oh my God. And then by day three, everybody was loved him. Everybody was like in, in love with him, playing, mm -hmm. working with him. The kid was very happy, L life was good. But from the first two days, I had to truly educate everyone one by one, one by one, one by one, until they got to understand this kid is not a monster. This kid wasn't staring at them because he was a pervert. This kid wasn't trying to scare them or to, um, to, to get them uh, scared or anything like that. He just, he just wanted, because he's, he's delayed, he just wanted their attention and wanted to be their friends and wanted to talk to them and nothing bad about it. Mm -hmm. Then they all got the message by me educating them and then by the time 
that we was, we all were friendly with this kid. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, it's re it, it really take one person in that, in that team to educate all of them. Should they really all look at the patient chart and then read the same thing that I read and then uh, provide the same service that I was providing to the patient? Yes. Uh, every, every individual working in the healthcare should be going with that open heart open harm and willing to care first before you have all these insane thoughts you understand mm, right however um at the end of the day to me it's like at least they were receptive to listen to what i was providing mm -hmm. what i was telling them and that's why to me i always say to other folks that even though you come to a place where you feel there are negativity there are uh, bad, um, I don't know, um, ways of thing, the way things are doing, just be the one that, if you could be the one who could open the light, turn on the light, and bring that education and, and, and get people to change mm -hmm. and be good to those patients, I think that, that, that's, that's all I, I want from, from, from our uh, colleagues to do. Do you understand? I totally understand. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, there's definitely a need um, for additional training um, with mental health um, practitioners, um, especially around the space of cultural yes. or racial equity and yes. cultural humility. So um, that was a good example of how yes. this kid was judged. And as a result of that, you know, he didn't receive the best care because no. all you did was look at his chart. You, you, you saw him as a person. That's right. You know, um, not just as this dark-skinned kid who's staring at me looking crazy. And ready to hurt me, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. so, uh, so that, that was a really great example. Thank you for sharing it with us. No problem. Um, so community health centers have the potential to advocate for policy and structures that promote health equity rather than um, perpetuate inequities in the system as we just demonstrated, right? So what actions can community health centers take to influence social change and address this issue um, at the systems level? First, I think they need to do something better uh, in the hiring process. Like I said earlier, they need to show some diversity in, among themselves. Um, so now, you're talking about they need to have a more diverse staff, like correct, if, okay. correct. Mm -hmm. That would help greatly. Mm -hmm. um, now that COVID is also over, they need to start going out and uh, start back some community outreach. Be present in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, target this concern at heart. Uh, be part of the community. Reach out of these families. Um, provide those education directly to um, uh, the folks in the community, um, these black communities, and offer service that would help them understand what's going on and support and let them know that they're there also uh, as a support to them mm -hmm. in case they have questions and so forth. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I would say um, the community those community uh, services sometimes they off 
they, very early in the evening. They should at least offer their lobbies in an evening as a place where people would could congregate and even do their um, uh, support group there. Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, uh, uh, because most people know that those community uh, health services uh, in 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 the community. Mm -hmm. So having a support group going on right there would probably a breath of, uh, uh, would be like an open eye for everyone and would allow people to just come in and not feeling pressured in any way mm -hmm. to come and join and 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 do many. Uh, uh, Group, support group, uh, diverse one, uh, different evening, and, mm -hmm. and allow the community to join there and participate in those things. I think that will be very helpful. Yeah. Do you think that um, those community health centers should also think about um, social impact investment, whether it is uh, through their funds um, yep. or whether it is? Um, there was grants or funds to sort of create community-based programs of course. to help support of families course. more um, holistically. Of course. Um, or even advocate um, at the state level for certain communities that are experiencing these disparities. In of the course, and um, some of them are so well-connected. Yeah. Some of them are so powerful in terms of... Uh, um, the amount of patient they have, the amount of money they have, so they should probably do more investment mm -hmm. in the community, as they should, because that's the goal of uh, uh, the community health centers to begin with. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really great. Are there any last-minute <laughs> thoughts that you want to, anything else you want to say? Um, I don't know. I think I, think I would... It is, as you look at the data, as you look at the information, it is, it took me by surprise to realize that we were so far behind. Uh, I thought we were a step ahead when I realized, when I read all this information, I, it was truly surprising to me to see how far behind we are. And I hope that a year from now we'll be so much more uh, ahead. It hurts to see that uh, our community, our people are still suffering and are still going through this pain mm -hmm. uh, after you have so many great uh, philosophers, great people like Maya, like Oprah. So many people have spoken so widely and so much about the mental health and to see people are still suffering and still uh, going through those pain and not getting the help that they deserve. I think this is really uh, uncalled for and whatever that we need to do as a community, what, whatever that needs to be done. Myself, I'm trying to work hard with my team right now to put together some clinics around to mm -hmm. help the community. I'm hoping <coughs> that uh, um, knock on the woods that we are able to put that together so we can help those uh, myself folks and help whatever that comes through the door uh, um, and help our black folks to have black uh, uh, providers to help them so they don't have any issues on that. But we cannot lose any more lives. 
uh, I think it, it's it's not it's not right. It's it's in whatever we can do. I'm working with my uh, uh, institution right now to work with the leaders in the community to train them to educate them about uh, uh, mental health so they can then in turn go back to the community and be able to assess and detect and uh, uh, prevent uh, crisis from happening. So we are doing a lot of work mm -hmm. to prevent and to uh, be at least on the forefront of the crisis and prevent those from happening so we don't lose any more lives. But it's really uh, hurtful at this point to see that uh, we are still losing lives mm -hmm. uh, because of lack of knowledge and lack of support in this community and uh, that's a shame and hopefully we have all all the support that we can we have uh, um, folks behind us to help us really help this community because enough is enough we need to get the help that um, we need for our community that's great. Well, yeah, it definitely is going to take a more collaborative effort um, to address this issue. It's going to be a long journey, though. Um, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that with people like you, who's so dedicated to this cause, um, and who's willing to, you know, come here and talk to us, as well as training other people who might not be as well versed in this topic and this area, um, urging them to see the importance of this um, of this issue and why it needs to be addressed. I appreciate that. I thank you for that. I would love to actually have you back to the podcast. <laughs> I'll be more than happy and this we will. <laughs> I will do my best to do that. Thank you. This is a, a, a very broad topic and there's so many aspects of it that Definitely. needs to be covered, yes. which we can't do in just one, se uh, yeah. one episode. Yep. So I'll, I'd love to have you back um, um, for future episodes yep. about other parts of this um, issue. Yes. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry. Thanks.